Mm-hmm. I had a total of 11 jobs between the ages of 11 and 17, just trying to help and support my mom. When I gave away my ATS resume template that I used to charge $3,000 for. If I were someone that wanted to work with you, I think the thing that would resonate with me the most is the fact that you have been as far as they will fall. I gave her all my videos, and today she sent me a message saying I got my first client, and I could not be happier for her. On my show, one thing I love to do is really get context into people's journey. I sold eggs, and I sold vegetables door to door. I sold newspapers. I do it because I truly care to help. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Mendoza. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. My name is Jordan Mendoza. I'm your host, and I've got a very special guest today. His name is J.M. Ryerson, and I'm going to have him tell you who he is and what he does today. Jordan, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I founder and CEO of Let's Go Win. I guess that's the company that I represent. Uh, This is my fourth company that I've been a part of, either a partner of building. And this one's just unique uh, in that it is truly my passion. It's what I love to do. And the company exists to inspire people to live their best lives. So every single week, that's what I get to do is I get to talk to clients or, you know, anybody that's interested, whether it be, you know, the book or the blog and the podcast, and it's all centered around just how can we live our best lives. So it's been an awesome ride, man. I truly am blessed and and grateful for being able to do this with my wife. She is the other co-founder of the company, and it's so much fun to be working, whether it's, you know, uh, executives or athletes or whoever is looking for it to truly live their best lives. So it's 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 been a cool ride, man. Love it. Love it. Thank you for sharing that context. And, you know, my favorite part of the show is really taking a rewind and it's getting context into the guest journey, right? You're on the show because you have blazed your own trail and, and you're still on that trail and, you know, blaze your own trail. Let's go in. It, it's very similar in the sense that, you know, we want people to show up and be the best version of them. Right. And so I, I think this is going to be cool for the audience to get that context into how you were as a kid. So let's, uh, let's rewind, you know, let's talk, you know, the adolescent years, the more formative years, elementary, middle and high school. So if you can share where you grew up and, you know, what kind of kid were you, what kind of things did you get into in the younger years? Yeah, man. So I'm originally from Montana. I grew up in Great Falls, Montana. We played every sport under the sun, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, swimming. I mean, you name it. And so that was what I was truly passionate about was, you know, playing sports. Even after I had three major knee surgeries, even after the second one, you couldn't convince me I wasn't going to play in the NBA. That was just in my head. That's what I was going to do. Well, reality sets in after that third knee surgery and kind of derailed and and went a different path. I ended up going to study abroad in in the Netherlands. I was in a place called Groningen. And uh, hopefully I rolled my G decently that that time. Uh, But it was a cool experience, man, because I really got to learn a lot about myself. You know, so often we associate or label ourselves. So for me, I was an athlete. JM is a basketball player or an athlete. But then once that was kind of taken or it changed in my life, what are you now? And so that journey to go study abroad really taught me a lot about myself because I was away from family. I was away from everything I knew. And it's truly one of those great experiences that I really started diving in deep into books and reading. And and that's truly my one of my passions is reading and then talking about a book. 
And so that whole journey allowed me to get deeper into what I wanted to do. So shortly thereafter, I ended up graduating. So uh, college and I moved to California with basically my truck and uh, a backpack and two kids, a wife later, you know, I, I've now living in Florida, but I was uh, moved to uh, California for almost 20 years. And so let's go win is it's funny. I go back and I, I'm a big journaler. I like to journal my thoughts and get them out there. I had a journal when I was, I think 21, if I, if I did the math correctly and I had let's go win and literally the logo we have today, it was journaled down. Now I had since lost that. In fact, the only reason I found it is I was cleaning up my garage and I found this old notebook. And sure enough, man, I have been marinating on this idea for over 20 years. Let's go win and the logo and everything. So it's just kind of cool to know that it was in there. I had at some point talked about it, got my thoughts out, but I didn't realize that until I finally wrote the book. And then we started coaching and, and it's just been such a cool ride. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, so when you think about let's go win, you know, sports has obviously, you know, played a major factor in your life, right? Especially up into going over to the Netherlands. So when you think about sports and the lessons that you've learned and some of the coaches that have been invested in you, what would you want to share with the audience? Maybe whether it's a mentor or someone that you still in your head, some of the things that they said to you or the way that they helped you along, or maybe it wasn't a coach, maybe it was just part of the team. What are some things that you could share? Maybe some lessons that you learned? Yeah, brother, it's such a great question. And I got to give a shout out to Don Mess. He was my coach in college. So my third knee surgery, we actually had recruits up my freshman year and I was going to a junior college. Again, this was a kid that was going to play in the NBA, playing at a junior college with two knee surgeries. Like reality wasn't quite in line, but that, that was my dream. And so anyway, I blew out my knee and it, this one was the worst one because it was my ACL and my meniscus. Now here's what's crazy. You have to sign your scholarship every single year at a junior college. So I'm laying in the hospital bed, Don Mass, knowing I'm not going to play this next year. My knee is shredded. He brings the scholarship form for me to sign in the hospital bed. And he looks me dead in, in the eye and he says, you're going to earn this. You're going to be on this team. And I told him, I, I'm crying. I'm like, coach, I can't play next year. And he goes, I know. And it was just one of those moments where you just, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to keep me around. I, I was done playing essentially for him and he knew it. And this man had so much integrity and he had looked at me and, and I took a chance on going to there instead of swimming in college, which was a better route for me. But, you know, that's one of those lessons from a coach that it, it wasn't something he taught me on the floor. He just taught me as a human being what it meant to care for someone else. So that was just, I mean, literally I get Terry just thinking about it. What a, what an incredible man. That's what I've done for my entire career is built teams. I think that's why I just loved playing basketball so much because you get to be with these other human beings and you get to do something greater than just yourself. Even though my best sport was being an individual sport as a swimmer, I never liked it. It just wasn't for me. So when it comes to athletics and building teams, that's why I'm so passionate about that. And that's why when I'm helping teams in business, that's one of the first things I start with is just the culture. And it's just to be part of a special team when you get to win together, 
or lose together, right? Because it's not always, you're not always going to win. I don't know anybody undefeated. In fact, that's the misnomer about the name. My company's not set up to help you always win. It's set up so that you're in a position to win. That doesn't mean you're going to go undefeated. Man, I fail all the time, but it is to put me in the best possible position to win. 100%. Well, yeah, and thank you for sharing, giving us that access to that story. You know, it's definitely someone that that you are you know, still look up to, or at least the way that he treated you. I think that's important, right? The empathy that he showed you and that integrity where he wasn't just going to, you were just weren't a number, you know, you were just weren't this, because you could have easily been a number. There's plenty of other places that maybe you could have went to where that situation would have looked a little different. You hear of these coaches that don't keep their kids around. They don't show that loyalty. And I always say people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And for him, he came into my life for a season. And it was two years that he absolutely showed me what it looked like, how to show up, how to be a good teammate. I ran the the morning shoot rounds. That was my job and the weightlifting program. So here's this kid as a sophomore. And I was, I was earning it but it was some of the most remarkable memories I've ever had. And I, I owe it to Don Mass. So incredible, man. Love that. Love that. We'll make sure to try to hit him up or something and, and let him know, man, you know, it's, it's all about those lollipop moments. I don't know if you've seen that, that Ted talk by Drew Dudley. If you haven't go check it out. He talks about lollipop moments and, and it sounds like that coach for you, that was a lollipop moment. That was something that impacted you so much so today that you just get goosebumps talking about it. But now what you need to do, JM, this is my challenge to you is now you've got to reach out and let them know how impactful it was. Great because, advice, brother. because then it comes full circle, right? You are absolutely right because he may or may not know how impactful that was. And I don't know that I shared with them through my blithering tears in that moment <laughs> what it meant to yeah. me. So it's great advice. Yep. And I'm a big basketball fan. I, I can't remember if we talked about that and we connected uh, a while back, but I, I play three or four days a week. That's the sport that I love. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, big Portland Trailblazers fan. That was my team, Clyde the Glide, you know, Buck Williams, uh, Jerome Kersey, you know, that uh, era of 80s and 90s basketball. So, and for me, I was also a break dancer for 10 years. And it's interesting because the two really mix well, because when you are a break dancer, you got to think on your feet. Well, the same as in basketball, if you're going to do a Euro step, you know, or a jump step over somebody, you've got to think about that in two seconds. And so, you know, what do you think about those types of sports, those quick twitch sports that you enjoy? Because swimming, that's another one where you've got to, you've got to think real quick. You've got to get in and get out and really turn up another gear. I love to play. I, I don't play. I don't, other than just shoot around, I don't really play hoops anymore. Pickleball has become my obsession and I absolutely love it. But no, to your point is when you love doing something, I don't care if it's a quick twitch or it doesn't matter if you love it and you just pour everything you have into it. It's amazing. I love that you share that you're a break dancer and I'd love to see you do it. But no, sports is just one of those incredible things. And congrats, by the way, huge hire. Chauncey Billups. I think that's awesome. If you're still a Blazers fan, my son is a Blazers fan. He was born in Portland. So he has just adopted that team and, and he was really excited. So anyway, no, I'm, I'm super excited about the hire. You know, obviously there's whenever there's a hire, there's always going to be, you know, scrutiny. There's always going to be these things. But if you look at the guy from, you know, what he did as a player, if you look at 
how he's moved up in the ranks in coaching. I mean, he's, he's done such an incredible job. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he's going to bring something different. You know, Terry Stotts, great coach. For a lot of years, he was great, but he just couldn't get to that next level. He just couldn't get us there. And when you've got a guy like Damian Lillard, who is the face of the franchise, he's, he's invested so much in the city that something's got to change, you know, because if it doesn't happen, I don't care how loyal that we want a guy like that to be. He doesn't deserve to not have the pieces come together. Well, he was such an incredible floor general. I, I remember him playing for the Pistons and no question they are going to succeed under him. I, I truly believe they're going to need another piece, maybe like a Jimmy Butler, somebody like that. And I think Blazers fans, you guys have an incredible run coming. I'm really excited for, for Damian Lillard. And Portland has a special place in my heart because, again, that's where TJ was born. It's where I opened my first office and, and business. So uh, Portland's a pretty, pretty cool place. So let's share with the audience a little bit of that context. So what, what was it that brought you up to Portland and what part of the city were you in? And what are some of the Portland-esque things that you remember, whether it's how to say the names of the rivers correctly or some of the streets and, and some of the, you know, the local things that are said in and around the city? Well, I lived in Beaverton and I will tell you, one of my favorite steakhouses is still there today. Ringside on Burnside. You guys know how to Great do place. it. Oh, so good, brother. The Portland City Grill obviously is amazing, beautiful scenery. So yeah, you know, Portland was special to me because it was where I, I really cut my teeth in business. So when I first started, I was hired by a gentleman that ended up becoming my business partner. And he had one office, excuse me, there was two. There was one in the Bay Area and there was one in Sacramento. And I said, why don't you do this nationwide? He goes, well, why would I? I'm doing great here. I said, you know what? Let me just show you. And Portland was a very similar demographic to Sacramento. And so I decided to go up there, took all life savings that I had, dumped it into this business. And it's been you know, rewarding me for 20 some odd years since. So at the time, I, I guess it wasn't 20 years. It's almost 16, or almost 17 years now. So my wife and I were just getting married, immediately uh, dump everything into it. She gets pregnant a month after we're married. And so it was just one of those moments where you sit there and you're like, I don't know that this is going to work, but I'm going to give everything I have. Building that has shown me through grit, through determination, through positive you know, work ethic, it has just been remarkable. And that was one career that has blossomed into three different companies that, that I, in that industry. And so Portland is just, it's a cool place. It's, uh, you know, I haven't been up there for a while, but I promise if I go back, I'm going to ringside because I love their state. Awesome. Awesome. What would you say to people that have never been there and that live in places that have terrible public transportation? Yeah, man, uh, they have that dialed in, you know, I, and again, I haven't been there for a while, but I used to think of Portland as one of the cleanest cities in the country. I mean, it was just, you go downtown and it was so beautiful. Now, I know they had some challenges through COVID, but I would tell you the people are wonderful. I know it gets the, they say it rains so much. I never felt that way. In fact, I would put up a Portland summer against pretty much anywhere in the country. It is awesome. They have some awesome golf courses if you're into that sort of thing. So there's just a lot to do, man. Portland a, is a cool place. It, it is, man. And, you know, I saw four brothers that live out there. And one of my favorite things to do in the spring is just to go to, you know, Tom McCall Waterfront Park and 
see the cherry blossoms. They've got a hundred of them there. And it's just such a, a, a beautiful place to be, especially in the summer. Like you said, right now it's about 115. They're getting a little heat wave. My brothers were telling me, but that's awesome that you spent some time there and that, that it was kind of foundational for you in business. It's really, really cool to hear that. So you mentioned that you had you know, done some things, uh, some other business ventures and what was it that wanted that I guess, you know, created this opportunity or the conversation for you and your wife to uh, be co-founders of this new venture? So I wanted to write a book for my two boys. We have a 15, 11 year old and I'm sitting there and I always write my goals down, put them in my bathroom mirror and my accountability buddies would be my family. So at the time, Trey was eight, seven or eight. And he looks up and he, and the goal had been on my mirror for three years. And he goes, Hey dad, how's the book going? And he crushed me right then and there, brother. Cause I had to look him dead in the eye and say, bud, I have a little bit of chapter one done that moment. I, I committed. I'm like, this book is getting done because the purpose was for them to not bruise themselves as much as I had not skin their knees as much. So anyway, I end up writing the book and it's not my ideas. They're, they're my parents, grandparents, mentors, authors, all put into one easy read. So if you hop on a plane from New York to LA, you could be done with it and you have tangible takeaways. So I write the book and the gal I was working with said, if you, I didn't think you're a selfish person. I said, I don't think I'm a selfish person either. And she said, if you only share this with two human beings, you are selfish. Okay. Got it. You're right. And so that just launched into the starting the company. And so let's go win.com. And it just has become this amazing thing. And this podcast journey, I did hazardly. I was, I was telling my wife, I was like, yeah, I, I think I want to start doing podcasts. And she's like, Jam, you're running two businesses. This is a terrible idea. It was the best idea because I get to connect with human beings. I've met so many amazing people and I've been inspired by other podcasts. So anyway, let's go win has just been on this really fun journey. And you know, what's funny is because anybody that's doing a business and you know that you, you expect it to be doing better, you want more followers, whatever it might be. But if you think about it, that journey during that time, it's some of the most fulfilling work you ever get. So as much as I want, let's go in to have, I don't know, 5 million followers on social media so we can get the idea out there. That's just not where it's at right now. It will get there. But I have to remind myself that all the time to enjoy the journey, not the destination, because let's go win literally sat in my brain for 20 years. And now it's become a reality. And every single day I get to create, I get to challenge, I get to work with people. And it's just, it's so much fun, Jordan. It's, it's truly I believe everybody has a calling. This is my calling. And so it's something that I, I pour a lot of work into, but I get my bucket filled so much from it. I love it. I love it. And and that's so impactful that there's stories, right? Real lessons, you know, things like that, because that's, that's in my opinion, where, where we learn the most and where we experience the most growth, right? We obviously, we typically don't see it while we're in it, like you said earlier, but once we're on the outside kind of looking in and, and we can take that 35,000 foot view, it's, it's so cool to see those bumps and the bruises and the, you know, you know, I thought this was going to happen or I'd be here, but I'm not. And, and yeah, I think you're, you hit it dead on. It's, it's all about the journey. It's all about the, the process. I even think about this show, you know, I, I never thought I launched on January 1st, 2020. Didn't know there was a pandemic that it was going to hit. 
didn't have any of that stuff. And I, you know, ended up recording 50 episodes in the first season. And I think I, I, I released 50. I think I recorded 80 in 2020. But the other thing I did is I put myself on other people's shows to talk about mine. And so I got on 50 other shows as a guest. And man, like, it's all about the reps, brother. As you know, you've got to put in there. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're making baskets, if you're making food, doesn't matter what you're doing. You've got to put in those reps. So I would love to hear from your perspective from that first episode of your show to today. Have those reps paid off for you? Oh, hundred percent. Well, look, if there's a mistake to be had doing podcasting, I promise you I did it. In fact, back to back, I think it was my second and third episode because I do two different podcasts. Let's go win is one. And then uh, protect help give is another one. And so anyway, I had back to back and I'm going with one of my good friends, Brett Moore out of San Diego. We're recording or I thought we were recording 45 minutes later. I looked down. I'm like, Oh shoot. Uh, Brett. And he goes, dude, do not tell me you didn't record this. I'm like, sorry, didn't record it. Got to go again. So literally we did back to back. We did 45. And you know what? The second one was way better anyway, in my opinion, right thereafter, I have a live and um, one of my, again, uh, Taro Arai, amazing guy, Makuni's restaurant, in Sacramento. I'll give them a shout out. If you're ever out there, go have some of the best sushi out there. So Taro's there and we get the recording and I had the wrong mic on. So he was using my mic and you can't hear the guest. Well, he's the entire feature. That's the reason I'm doing the show. So again, I'm like, hey, Taro, we got to do that again. He's Mr. No Problem. He's like, ah, no problem. And so it's just like, you know, to your point, you have to make those mistakes. It's just part of the journey. And as much as it may suck in the moment, you're like, ah, it's just the way it is. And so you got to, uh, the, the saying I like to use is embrace the suck. It's like, yep, that wasn't, that wasn't ideal. But you know what? I got a chance to spend more time, ask more questions from amazing human beings. And that is my favorite part about podcasts. I don't care if we've been best friends for 30 years. I find out something about someone I know very, very well because you ask deeper questions. Like you reminded me of the story sitting in a hospital, but I haven't thought of that story in so long. And that's what's so amazing about this platform. So anyway, yeah, if there's a mistake to be had, brother, I promise you I've done it. Yeah, it's so funny you brought that up because I, I just interviewed a guest last week such an incredible conversation that we will never, ever hear me because so it was one of those things where he's like, hey, I've got, you know, all this stuff. I'll make sure it sounds like studio quality. You mind if I record? I was like, no, I was like, like, well, by all means, you might have better stuff than me. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Well, I didn't know that he meant that he just want to record his. And, and so I never I never hit the record button. And so I, I actually have to reach out to him this week and say, Hey, we had such a great combo. We had, it was so great that we're going to have it again. No, but, but again, I'm almost a hundred episodes in and I'm, I made the stupid rookie mistake, but we're going to do it, you know, and it's okay. And if he says no, guess what? There'll be plenty of other guests that might want to have that incredible conversation. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, it's, it's going to happen. You know, if you're not making fun of yourself and, you know, you know, being upset about it for a second, but then just getting over it and realize there's plenty more conversations to be had. If you think about it, you're doing your very, very best, right? You want to sound polished and you want to sound good and all that. But the truth is, look, that's reality. I didn't hit record. Okay. But it wasn't like I wasn't trying. You didn't have the intention not to record it. It just didn't happen. So that's one thing people can always rely on. If you can look in the mirror and you gave 100% your very best effort, 
And even if it sucks, like, okay, that was terrible. That's the feedback I still want to hear is like, because I can look at them and say, thank you for the feedback. I really appreciate that. But I, I did try my best. And if I can do that, typically good things will happen. So anyway, I, the, the mistakes are always, that's the funniest stuff that happens. Is yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So I'm somebody that, that grabs this book off the shelf, right? I'm looking at the back. I'm looking at the front. I'm just talking about winning. What's your kind of, you know, 30 seconds to anybody that were to see it, the number one reason why they should grab it? Uh, just because it's a simple read. One thing, I guess I'm just a simple minded guy. And, and so I try to make everything easier. And so most people won't take and, and read 20 to 30 books a year. That's just something I choose to do. And so if you don't want to do that, let's take something that's been condensed into one version of all these other authors. That's why I would pick it up and read is because typically I'm not going to have my wife. She reads six books a year and she, so every other month and uh, she will literally have to like cram towards the end of the month every single time. And so it's, it's for people like her that don't want to put in that time they can read one and get all those uh, authors ideas from others. Cause again, it's not really original thought. It's my perception of course, but it's, it's other authors that, that have poured into me that have been so impactful on my life. I love it. I love it. You know, and I like books like that personally. I don't know if you've read the book called learn like a leader. You know, it's got a bunch, you know, Stephen Covey, you know, a lot, tons of different authors, Marshall Goldsmith are in one book and it's, you know, bite size consumable stories. And at the end of each one, there's a couple questions that, uh, that you ask. So it's good for, you know, I used it for like a, a group coaching with, with some guys from, from my church, you know, so you can use it for a lot of different settings. So is this a book that's like that, where you could maybe use it in a, in a group setting and do some type of uh, group with? Yeah, hundred percent. So it's broken down into 12 chapters. The first one, I start with vulnerability right out of the gate. And again, I was raised in Montana. We weren't taught that it was really something that I should be crying. And it's something that I've learned. And it's not that I'm crying all the time, but look, if that's what's happening, I'm going to go ahead and let it out. Yes. To answer your question, sorry, I'd get into another story, but it, it is absolutely something that you can share. I read it with my kids because again, I wrote it for them. And so what we, we would read, and I put a quote at the beginning of each chapter, and so he's like, hey, dad, who's Ray Kroc? And then I get to tell the story of who he is. And my younger son is just, he's such an entrepreneur. He, he totally digs in on who Ray Kroc is, how he built McDonald's and how this became such a thing. So that's the cool stuff to share with my kids. And my sister's done it with her kids too. So it's just kind of cool to say, hey, here's an idea. What do you think? And then you get to talk about it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I'm, I just... Uh joined to be part of a book it's called brand sharks and it's you know unstoppable strategies from industry leaders and so it, it's cool being just a, a part of that process i've got to write you know 4500 words i believe and uh, and so it's it's just a small portion of something that's going to give someone those nuggets so it sounds like the you know this book is formatted like that obviously you're the one you're the solo author of it with several different stories is that kind of a good way to explain it yeah, it, it totally is. And I tried to, again, make it as, as as easy to read that you wouldn't feel like you're grinding because that's why I called the second one a playbook. I didn't want to call it a workbook because who wants to do more work? <laughs> I want it to be fun. I want people to read it and go, wow, that's cool. And they can apply it. So the idea is each chapter 
you'll have at least three takeaways that you can go implement right away. Love it. I love that. Uh, and so if there are teams that are, are going to hear this, or maybe there's a, a you know, a manager, because we, we've got a lot of, we've got some corporate folks listening, aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, you know, solopreneurs, there's a big variety in, in the audience. So do you have programs in place where you could take a team through this, maybe a team building exercise or leadership development? Do you have any of those programs that, that are built? I just want to make sure we can share that with the listeners. Uh, brother, I appreciate that. Actually, we did. We launched an online course. And the first part is nobody likes to be sold is the name of it. And it's all about sales because I believe everything in life is sales. Whether I'm on my wife on why I should go play pickleball tonight or selling my kids on why we want to go fishing over here. It, it, life is sales. So that starts there. But to answer your question, there the second part of the course is all about building teams. So imagine taking four companies worth of, of how I was able to build distribution and putting it into a course. And what I realized is uh, so much was, uh, it was all up here. And so if you ever see that commercial where the guy's like, oh, I got it all upstairs. And then he gets hammered by the uh, drawer comes out and, and he, he's like concussed. That's what I was like, dude, we got to get this into a digestible format that other people can use. So yeah, if you go to letsgowin.com, there's a, there's a course there. And I appreciate you asking, man, because I, I put a lot of work into it and it's truly, I think it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, no, no problem at all. And, you know, I'm always a big believer in resourcing people, you know, um, because not everybody learns the same. Some people like courses, some people like in-person, some people like reading. I mean, everybody, uh, we're, we're all different uh, when it comes to learning preferences and style. So, you know, I will make sure uh, that we get that linked in the show notes and uh, make sure that uh, the audience can go take a look at it. It, it. Whether they buy it or not, that's up to them. But if it's got good info, if it's going to give them takeaways, you know, because I'm a big believer in if I'm going to show up, whether that's I'm showing up on social media or we're showing up on this podcast interview, my goal is how do we add value to the audience? Right. How do we add value? Whether it's through a story about a coach that you hadn't thought about in 20 years or whether it's learning about the context of the book and how, you know, you're able to build relationships with your kids through it. You know, I mean, those are, those are, that's value in my opinion. So happy to share it for sure. I appreciate it. And hope I'd love to hear if, if people do get it or they don't feedback is one of my favorite things. It's not always easy to hear, but it is something I appreciate. So I definitely appreciate that. Yeah. And so, so share a little bit about the the show. You know, when did you end up launching that? I know you'd mentioned your, your wife says it wasn't a good idea, but in hindsight, you're looking and saying this is probably the best idea because of a lot of the relationships and the conversations that you've been able to have with people on your show. So tell tell everyone a little bit about it. You know, who are these folks that you're that you're interviewing and also where can they expect to find it? Yeah, that well, let's go when uh, is the name of the podcast. And the whole idea is to get people like yourself or athletes or just stories. And you, I like to ask, a lot of it is taken from people that had fears and how they were able to get to freedom. A lot of times we'll talk about how they transcended their own self-limiting beliefs. And so it's anywhere that, you know, you can find a podcast that's on there. It's just so much fun to hear these people's idea, what their struggle was, what their journey looked like, how they're impacting the world. And so I launched that, gosh, I want to say it was right as the pandemic was starting as well. I, I, I want to say 
it's so funny. It's only been like a year and a half. And I can't remember the exact date. I do two shows a week. Well, one is just the host, uh, a guest that I'll have from all walks of life. And then the second one is what we call a Tuesday tune up. And that's just Lise, my wife and I, and we're just spitting ideas about, you know, usually the blog that I might've written because to your point, not everybody likes to read. So even if it's a two minute read, we recap it in the show and I get her perspective because again, it's just a thought I had in my head. So I started writing about the blog and then I'll ask her, how do you get, you know, what do you take out of that? And it's always different than how I do. So anyway, uh, it's so much fun, brother. I, I truly, I, it fills my bucket so much doing that show and, and it makes, it's a lot of work, but I love it. Awesome. Awesome. And, and so you mentioned your wife is the co-founder. So where does uh, her role play? I know she, she, does she join you on the Tuesday episodes or is she more of a behind the scenes with everything? I'd love to just find out what, what uh, uh, she does uh, to help this mission that you guys have. Yeah, she's really a social media and marketing. It, I mean, I say she could talk to a doorknob for a half hour. And I mean that literally she is a talker. So she loves to market. She loves to she, I'm not, I try not to be a big self-promoter. She promotes the heck out of me. She just, she's, she likes doing it. So that's her role in the company. But you know what? She's found her passion as well. And she's starting a foundation. So my brother-in-law, her brother passed away. I think he was 48 of esophageal cancer and has three girls. Sorry that, to hear about that. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was awful. But I think everybody's on this earth for a reason. And his reason I literally, on my daily reminders, it says, keep perspective. And in parentheses, it says Dick Fong. Because that's Dick. I, any problem that I have, he wishes he had that problem right now. And so that's the perspective I always try and keep, no matter what the challenge is. Like, is it really that bad? We're on life. Or we're on earth. So anyway, to answer your question, Let's Go Give is the name of her foundation. And we have a, you know, we're going to give $33 million to cancer research by 2033. That's our goal. That's what is going to happen. And she is passionate about it. So she helps on let's go win, but she's truly passionate about let's go give and eradicating cancer someday because cancer sucks, man. We've lost too many people to, to cancer. And, you know, it's something that for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. So the more initiatives that we can have, the more awareness that we can create, uh, the better. So kudos to her for, you know, finding her passion, you know, within this other project. I mean, that's, that's a really, really cool gift to get out of it. Yeah. She, and she's so gifted and talented, man. I want her to be, she's prettier than me. I mean, put her up. People are going to want to look at her far more than me. So I'd love for her to be the face of the company. That's not her purpose is not let's go win. It's let's go give. And, and she is running with it and she loves doing galas. So Jordan, I'm sure we'll be having you down and, and love to have people, you know, be a part of it because it's, it's a cool initiative. That's awesome. Definitely be notified of more info as it comes out because it sounds like a really cool uh, initiative as well. Let's share with the, the folks out there, you know, what are some, uh, some things that you've got on the horizon? I, I know obviously that's uh, the lofty one, 33 million by, by 2033. So we, we just heard that one, but what are some other things that you've got on the horizon? Is there another book in you that's, sitting in an attic somewhere needs to be dusted off or another project like that. you've got in mind. Okay. So my wife is not going to listen to this show. If I say this, because I think writing a book has become, it's very addictive for me 
similar. I don't have tattoos, but like my best friend, he's got tattoos everywhere. And he's like, dude, it's just addictive. That's how it feels with writing. I am truly, I love it because it allows me to journal. So that is absolutely happening. In fact, I have two ideas in my head, but Lisa's, that's my wife. Lisa's like, no, we are not doing that. You need to just focus on this online course. And so I'm sitting in purgatory right now with all these ideas floating through my head. So yes, Jordan, I have a book. It will be coming. Well, how soon? That's yet to be determined because my wife is pumping the brakes on me. I would love just selfishly, you know, when you did your, when you did the book, did you write or did you speak and transcribe? You know, what, what was your process? Because I'm finding it very difficult to get my fingers to move when I'm looking at a blank word document, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like you just get that kind of like where you're stuck. But so I almost think that, especially because that's, I I speak for a living too, might as well, I can tell stories all day long, might as well do that and just have it transcribed. Would you give that advice or uh, which way did you do it? hundred percent. So you mentioned Marshall Goldsmith and I actually took a, a page out of his book and I, found a gal that a, a ghostwriter that worked with me because I, the first few chapters, I literally wanted to throw up. I was like, no, don't care for my own writing. Sorry. It just, it's not, it's not an engaging. It wasn't great. And so Jen Lil Brown, she's awesome. She and I had, we would literally go back and forth and she would interview me. And so I would write, and then we would start going back and forth on the subject matter. And then it was just a matter just editing 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 so that my voice was coming through but her beautiful use of 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 putting the words together so and i i've talked about this on other shows it was one of the most it's just that time i i loved so much because it was six months of like hardcore journaling and to be able to sit there and go through just like we're doing today and so there's some amazing transcriptions that they take place. And I think it's like a dollar a word or something like that. Anyway, it was one of my favorite things is to do that process with Jen, to be interviewed, work through the stories, see how we can implement that. So it's something I look forward to doing again. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, that feedback and for sharing. And man, this has been amazing learning about you know you and your wife and your guys's journey and your goals. I mean, it, it's, and it's, it sounds like that you are somebody that that's just something that you've consistently had dialed in, right? You're, you're constantly documenting the process. You're constantly making sure that you've got no ideas that are, that, that are ever, you know, just out in the ether They're they're somewhere where they can be looked at and whether they're used or not, you've got the resources there. So I appreciate you taking some time to, uh, and sharing how you are blazing your own trail. Um, I wish you a lot of success with the book and with the course. And again, we'll make sure that we get that uh, all that link for the audience. And is there anything else, any parting words or, you know, you've got a ton of quotes, it sounds like in the book. So is there a favorite one that you'd like to share with the audience? I'm sorry, just uh, you said I, I broke up just for a second. A favorite, what did you? Oh, a favorite. Do you have a favorite quote you wanted to share from, from the book? Ooh, you know, I don't know. Gosh, how do you pick that? No one cares what you know until they know how much you care. That's, That's Maya Angelou, right? Yes, that, correct. Yep. That quote, or there's one more, and that is, it's amazing what get, can be accomplished if no one cares who gets the credit. I think yeah. that was Harry Truman that said that. And that's something that, at least in my leadership, I've tried to always 
who cares? I, I don't need any credit. That's not what I'm seeking. And that's what I think is amazing about teams. It's a team effort. It's everything you do in life is. And so who cares who gets the credit if you're accomplishing some of these cool things? So I guess those would be my two favorites. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you sharing, JM. And thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great to learn a little bit more about uh, your journey and some of the lessons you've learned along the way. Uh, brother, thanks for having me and keep up the great work, man. This is amazing. Your audience is very blessed to have you. And, and so thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much, my friend.